privilege to be in Yakinville this morning celebrating one year. It's hard to believe one year has been by, but it's been a, a trying year nonetheless, but it's been a fruitful year, a fruitful year. And uh, I, I told Wayne after, right before we leave, and I said, it's amazing uh, what you preached. I could just re- have recorded and played it tonight because it's along the exact same lines of what I'm ministering tonight. And uh, <coughs> maybe a different title, but it's still nonetheless the Word of God. But uh, tonight I want to minister using for a subject, fear not. Fear not. Uh, this week has been a very, well, this last few months have been a very, 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 very trying time in my life. And uh, those times come, they're there. I was talking to Israel, and I, I don't, I'm not spilling his beans, but there's times where you just feel like you're hitting a wall and nothing's going on, nothing's happening. You, you study, you pray, you seek the Lord, and you just feel like, <laughs> what, what in the world? And uh, I can tell you that uh, I have experienced every gamut of emotion that I could possibly think of over these last several months. And I'm going to be very transparent tonight, very honest. And over the last week and a half, I've been irritated and ang- angry at, to a point to where I'm almost sick and tired of seeing people label themselves as Christians. Because we have taken the time to rip one another a new one. And I know that maybe not the best terminology. But I'm sick and tired of seeing believers destroy other believers. I, I have no problem understanding why those without Christ want nothing to do with him if what they see is an example of who he is. And we know that's not the case. We have become so focused on self. We have become so focused on proving ourselves. We become so focused on letting everybody know how smart we are. We've forgotten to be Christ-like. And I'm not, I'm not throwing stones at anyone. I'm just painting a picture for you of what the world sees. I read posts, I read threads, I don't do it often, but when I do, I try to read it as a position that I do not know Christ. And I read, and I want to come to the conclusion, would I want to know him after I've read this? The church is in a sad place. And it's because the body is sick. When we lose an hour of sleep, we lose nearly the entire congregation. For a couple weeks. And if this makes you mad, uh, call me and I'll gladly talk to you. But those who ask where everybody are, I ask you the same question. Where are you? Where are you? Maybe you're tending your flower garden. Maybe you're planting or weeding your, your garden because you don't have time. Maybe you're doing something that you just think needs to be done. But ne- yet neglecting the, the fellowship with brothers and sisters in the Lord. While maybe you could have been come coming and being encouraged or being an encouragement. So I ask you the question, where are you? Where are you when, when, when Terrence uh, studied to, to bring to what, what, what we fe- he felt the Lord had given him or, or Dennis pours his heart and soul in and Leslie to, to study, to receive from the Lord, to pour out into your kids and you deny them the responsibility or deny them the privilege to receive from the Lord. I ask the question, and it's going to be challenging tonight, where are you? What are you doing? What is so important? I've never been one to beg anybody to do anything. 
and I'm not going to. But I have come to the place in my life where a decision's been made. I refuse to allow anybody have place or control in my life to allow me to be angry, frustrated, or irritated any longer. Just like the post that Israel shared a while back, I'm going to preach the gospel if it fills this house or clears it. Because Christ is returning soon and there are no time for games. There's not. So if, if you're, you're uh, mad at me, call me. If you're not, then great. But if I'm preaching the truth and you get mad at me, you're not mad at me, you're mad at the truth, and that's you're mad at God. You're mad at His Word. So tonight, uh, with that whole, had nothing really to do with anything that I'm preaching, I just want to be honest and transparent with you. This is where I am. I'm tired of what the church has become. Just a place to come, a place to gather, a place to show up, a place to look good on Sunday mornings, and then you do whatever you want to do. But you expect everybody else to do everything at the drop of a hat. And I'm telling you right now, there are, there's a lost and dying world that needs to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if we can't even live it on Sunday, I know you ain't talking about it on Monday through Saturday. I'm going to get in trouble tonight, but it's okay. I've been there before. Turn in your word to Isaiah 43, verses 1 through 2. I could say verses 1 and 2. <laughs> 1 through 2. 1 and 2. This is a place that I found myself, a place that I, I never really thought I would find myself, a place of living in fear. Um, not fear in a token or a sense that some may experience, but a fear of what if I miss it? What if I don't deliver what the Lord has given me? What if I t don't take advantage of an opportunity that the Lord has placed in front of me? What if I did not? But then I found myself when I was enveloped in ministry, hear me clear, enveloped in ministry and not in Christ, I found myself in fear to not being able to keep the big machine going. Is, is it okay if I just be, can we just be real tonight? But Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2, and it's a familiar passage of Scripture, says, But now thus says the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he that formed you, O Israel, fear not. Hello, somebody. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. My God. You are mine. Verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burnt, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Now there's a lot to talk about in these two verses. And there's a lot that we, don't, we skip over and a lot that people don't bring out and a lot, of, a lot of practicality or practical Christianity that people just skip around and dance over. Because we talk about the Lord has, has saved us and we're walking in victory. Yes, we are. But they never talk about the trying times. They never talk about the trials. They never talk about the rivers that are going to come your way, the trouble that's going to come your way, the fire that will even come your way. They don't talk about that. 
And then all of a sudden, when you experience this in your life, you think, my God, I have, I have totally blown it. There is no good. I'm doing something absolutely wrong. I quit. I'm done. It's over. I can't do this Christian thing. These promises that, that we read right here, these promises, they, they belong to Israel, but guess what? They belong to all believers today. You have these promises to you today. And I can tell you right now, you will not and are not being a beneficiary of these promises if you're playing games. Oh, you can sing about the Lord all you want to. You can sing, uh, we want more of you, Lord. And you can sing, I don't want blessings, I want you. But if you will not submit yourself to Him and you will not surrender your life to Him, you're lying. We're just giving lip service. We're just singing mouth service. I've been, I, the other night, I kept uh, my, my ADD kicked in and I was talking about Amos. I said, you ever studied Amos? You ever, you ever went through Amos? You ever read this? And you'd have, you, ever, you ever just studied the Word of God? And, and you get to the book of Amos and you're like, my God, this is today. And I was supposed to take a shower so I could go help Noah and Hope. And, and Hope said, you ever just went and got in a shower and, and quit? But, but I have come to a different place in my life and a different point in the ministry that the Lord has called us to, to where, you know what, I know I can preach the house down if I desire to. I know that I can, can rear up on my hind legs and I can get you to shout amen. But I don't care about any of that anymore. What I want you to do is to be changed and continue to allow the Holy Spirit to change you so that you can in return change somebody else with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is depth to the matter. And if all we do is just skim over and we hit the highlights and we never talk about the practicality and the application of the Word, then we're doing a great disservice. I was speaking with uh, Israel's friend, I'm going to call him my friend too, Rodney, last Monday. We were talking about the Word of God. And he said, I like to say it this way, and I'm going to give credit where it's due. He said, uh, 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 proclamation without application is a life of hallucination." We've got a lot of hallucinating Christians that think they're going to pass through the waters when they never, they, they're not holding the hand of the one who will take them through. So these promises belong to me and to you today. So fear not, for I have, this is the Lord God Almighty, for I have redeemed you. Yes, trouble's going to come your way. Yes, trials are going to come your way. Yes, it's going to be rough at times. In fact, 1 John 4, 18 says, There is no fear in love. How much fear? None. No. no there is no fear in love. But perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. This is what fear does to you. It torments you. He that feareth is not made perfect in love because you are living in torment. And we may live to different degrees of fear. There may be different, uh, whatever. You may fear different, whatever. I don't know. Different things. But perfect love casts out that fear, but you will not allow it to be cast away if you will not let go. The term fear not. We say this, fear not, or sometimes a roundabout in that area uh, 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 terminology is mentioned more, uh, around 365 or more times. 
But the very term fear not or be not afraid is, is, is spoken of in the Bible, the Word of God, 103 times. Why so many? Because it's a real obvious issue that we deal with. Fear cripples. Fear robs. Fear distorts. Fear prohibits. Fear torments. But love, which is Jesus Christ, casts all of that away. Fear, what's going to happen? I don't know. What's going to happen with the economy? I don't know. What's going to happen with, with this, with that? I don't know. Then all of a sudden, we, we, we allow fear to grip us because of sin, a sin-sick world, and then we don't allow ourselves to live because we're just terrified. Fear is rampant. Fear has been used to control uh, basically the world over the last year. He, God, created, He formed, He redeemed, and He called you by your name. He said, you are mine. You're mine. Trouble is going to come your way. Hello, somebody. You know this scripture, I say it all the time, John 14 and verse 27. Trouble is going to come your way, but He said, Jesus speaking, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Why would Jesus say this? It, it, nothing is caught him by surprise. He knew what was coming. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Why would he say this? Because... This is what we deal with as believers. This is a reality. And you can say all the phrases, you can say all of the right things you want, but it's still there. Hello, somebody. You can, you can run around this, and you can duct tape it to your chest, but guess what? It's still going to come your way. It's still going to happen. And Terrence can tell you, pray through, brother. He wouldn't. I mean, he might, but he wouldn't. But he's going to take you to the application of the Word and talk about why you're praying, why you're seeking, why you're trusting, and why you're keeping your faith anchored in the very one who cast out the fear. You can say no to the devil all you want. You can resist the devil all you want, and he ain't going to flee. But when you submit yourself, therefore, unto God, and then resist the devil, he'll flee. Why? He ain't fleeing from you because he ain't scared of you. He ain't scared of me. All 5'10 and whatever I might weigh today. He's not scared of this, but he is scared of the one who is in you. So, so let not, let not, neither let it be afraid. Afraid of what? Whatever comes your way. When I was a kid, my, my curfew was when the street light came on. And then we would go back out and we would play hide and seek in the cornfield and, 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 and whatever. And, and, and they didn't call us on the phone. Moms and, and, and dads at that time had an echoing, booming voice that could go throughout miles of neighborhood and you heard your name. It was time to go home. Today's a different time. We got weirdos running around. We got people uh, that, that desire to do things and, and whatever. So we fear to allow our kids to live. We got four. We're getting ready to have five, our fifth kid, child. 
And our, our children have been robbed of being children. And, and, and now they live their life through, through a, a, a fantasy land of, on social media and they try to, to, to one-up the last post so they can get more likes or more shares or more followers and it's become a fantasy land when it's not really reality. <coughs> so we have all of these fears and all of this stuff that comes our way. But guess what the Bible, that we just read it, he said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. My gosh, y'all need to wake up enough. Not if, but when. When you come, when trouble comes your way. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Hello, it's not when you get stuck in the water. It's not when you're sitting there treading water. It's not when you're bobbing up and down in the water. But when you pass through the water, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. They're going to come close. I remember vividly, I grew up like a, just a, 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 a water, I was going to say water bug. I loved the water. I still love the water. And every chance we would get, I would go down to the bottom of our road and I would ask Robert and Jeanette, can I, can I go swimming in your pool today? And, and most of the time they would say, yeah, but there were times they would say, well, yeah, but you go first, you're going to help us string beans and break green beans. They loved it. We, okay, I'm in. If I get to go swimming, I'll break all the beans you want me to break. But I remember when I was able to actually stand up in the three-foot section. And this much of my head was out. I felt it. It was dry. And this is the picture that I had when I was studying this passage and portion of Scripture. And this is how close the Lord sometimes will allow the troubles of life to overflow you. But they didn't. They came close, but it did not overtake you. It did not overflow you. And you're going to walk through the fire. But guess what? Just like those Hebrew children, the smell of smoke won't even be. It's going to, you're going to feel the effects of it. But He will not let it overtake you. He will not let it consume you if you keep your faith anchored in Him. But the trouble is we don't trust Him enough. It's getting too far. I don't like this. Getting too, I don't like this. I don't like it here. I don't like it here. I want it underneath my feet. You can shout and sing, He's under my feet all day long. But the reality is sometimes the trouble's going to be up to here. And if I was taller, it'd be up to here. This is the reality of it. But He's with you. And He has not forsaken you. And He has not forgotten you. The problem is we've forgotten Him. When you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. And though the rivers, they shall not overflow you. Rivers vary in size, length, depth. Some are swift. Some are slow. Some are just absolutely nasty. Some are pretty. Some are long and some are not. Just like the trials of life. Some, they vary. Some are long, some are not. Some are absolutely nasty. Some are quick. And some of them feel like they'll never end. But we have to be reminded when the enemy shall come in like a flood. The Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard that's against him. 
And even though we walk through that fire, we will not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Do we know what kindling? Go give me some kindling. Kindling. I need some kindling wood. You know what that is? It starts the fire. And God keeps us, and he protects us, and he loves us so much, I'm not going to even let it start in you. He won't let it, but we will. Because when we don't allow him to operate in our lives and have full control and full capability and functionality in our life, then we stop him and we work within ourselves. We can take all of these promises of God and we can take them to the bank. But if we're not going to make ourselves available to them, then we're just talking about them. But we have to be remembered that they're not going to overtake us. So, so, so why does it come? Why do these things happen? Why are they there? Simply put, fear not, or fear when not given over to the Holy Spirit will make you misplace your faith. And when that happens, we frustrate. We frustrate. Anybody ever frustrated the grace of God except for myself? We frustrate the grace of God. We have the only reason, we believers have the only reason to not fear. Redeemed. He's redeemed us. Redeemed is purchased to be next of kin. Do we, do we get this tonight? That he's redeemed you. He's bought you with a high price. In fact, you're not even your own. We are in the family of God. Romans 8, uh, verses 16 and 17 says, The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. So everything, everything belongs to Christ. And everything that belongs to Christ belongs to us. If we're in Him. If we're anchored in Christ. All that He has belongs to us. Why? Because we're joint heirs with Him. We are. Believers are joint heirs with Him. Suffering doesn't necessarily mean that we've got to physically suffer. It, but we, we suffer with Him by His finished work at Calvary. What He did for us, nothing we can do will save ourselves. Nothing. Refraining, refraining from food or TV or, 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 or whatever it may be. Uh, uh, locking ourselves up in a room. I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is March. <laughs> Two months past the end of some kind of fast that a lot of believers took place in. And I, I question what was the whole point of it when you could not wait to drink a Coke on February 1st or eat a chocolate cake or, or whatever it was that you... Why did you do it? My word tells me that He came that we might have life more abundantly. And I've decided that abundant life's for me too. It's for me too. Walk in it. Stop being frustrated. 
Stop being irritated. I'm talking to myself. Stop being aggravated. Stop wondering. Stop staying awake wondering what you did. Stop staying awake or, or losing sleep trying to figure out, where did I wrong them? And just keep on. And quit living in fear to, what if I do it again? Keep on. Keep on preaching. Keep on living. Keep on loving. Keep on spreading. Keep on sharing the gospel. His word doesn't guarantee me an easy road with no enticing side roads or speed bumps, but his word does guarantee me that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. I make it heavy when I try to do more. I make it uncomfortable and, and absolutely crazy when I try to do more. What have you been presenting? What have you been giving? I want to tell you something, folks. If you got social media, it's very easy to see who you really are. Easy. Or maybe who you're trying to be. Why? Because we fear the world. We fear what man might say about us if I don't subject myself to what they think's cool or, or in or whatever. I want to tell you something. Let me tell you kids something. These people you in school with right now in five years, you ain't going to see them again anyway. Oh, we'll never lose. We'll never lose touch. The cool thing when I was in high school was everybody got your annuals and they said dogs bark, ducks quack. I was the first to sign your crack. That's what everybody wanted to put in their year yearbook. And I've never seen any of them anymore again. And we think we're not going to separate ourselves. Why are you subjecting yourselves to people's opinions instead of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? I'm not saying you don't love the Lord, but do not bow down to the system. Fear not. Don't worry about what they've got to say about you. Keep living for Christ. Keep proclaiming and promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. They, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if you say that you're a believer, forget about being popular. Forget about it. Don't, don't worry about it. I, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't get invitations to come preach. Nowhere. But it's all right. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel. Because that's what I was called to do. I'm going to go on. He'll be with me even until the end of the world. That's a promise that He's given me. He's formed you. Fear not. He has redeemed you. He has called you by name. You are mine. So again, in the midst of trials, in the middle of the storms, when the waters are rising, we've got to notice His word. When you pass through, that lets us know that I'm going to make it because His word follows. I will be with you. I will be with you. I will be with you. When we, we love to, summer, it's no secret, our family is a little adventurous. We like that. And when the kids were small, we would go to certain types of uh, places in the mountains or go to the streams, and, and I, we would walk out in the water. And, 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 and uh, Summer would take one or two of the kids by hand, and I would take one or two of the kids by hand. And this is a picture for me of Christ walking with us because when we're little, we get swept away with the currents, but you anchor your feet when you're an adult and you've been through the water before. You know that I'm going to just find a place to get my foot 
wedged up in a rock so that the current, you still feel it, but it ain't going to push me on downstream, and I'm going to hold on to these kids with all I got. And their bodies might be out flopping around in the water just like that, but you still got them. You ain't going to let them go. This is Him holding our hand and keeping us. We went tubing. Poor Gemma thought she was going to die. And Summer had to let her go. And there was John Waldrop to the rescue. Running through there like a gazelle. He, he got her. Why? He didn't want to see her die. Thank you, John. But we're terrified to even get in the water. We're terrified to even get close. To even step in. They're going to come your way anyway. Grace always moves forward when you walk, when, you, when you're pressing on through the fire. It doesn't say when you're stuck. I'm tired of being stuck. Anybody tired of being stuck? Tired of the same old, same old? Tired of the same old three songs? And Let's sing four songs or, or maybe every once in a while we'll do five songs. And people clapping their hands and, and let's come and give it all. I'm tired of being stuck. I want to see God have His way and tear us up. Get us out of our comfort zone. I'd like to see Him move enough where the Sunday morning saints become Sunday night saints too. Uh-oh. It's okay. I'm just going to tell you the truth. You faithful... People to Lakeside Church. We have church on Sunday night and Wednesday night as well. I'd like to see a move in your life where he becomes the most important thing in the world. It's not about showing up here. Him being the most important thing to you in your life. Because when he's not, you're teaching your children, he's not that important either. I'm telling you the truth. Grace always moves forward. And it doesn't, again, say when we're stuck. Unfortunately, this is where many believers find themselves stuck, and they're okay with it. I'm all right. Whatever. I don't know, maybe y'all haven't ever got stuck in the mud in your vehicle. I have, more than once. I actually got my Toyota Corolla stuck in a creek. <laughs> Toyota Corolla had no business being in a creek, but I got stuck there. I didn't leave it there. I was panicked. Because I knew my daddy was going to kill me. Which he had every right to. Dad, if you're watching, yeah, I did all this. But if you get your truck stuck, you don't, you, you don't, you don't just sit in there and fall asleep. Oh, well, this is where we're going to stay for the rest of my life. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for letting me get this far. Oh, buddy, you've been a good one. I guess we're just where we're going to die, right here. What do you do? Man, you get out. You, you, you'll get out around the tires, and you'll be scraping mud around it, and you'll tie stuff to your tires, and you'll get out and even tell somebody to get in and push, and you'll get behind it and push and take a face full of mud trying to move this thing out of the way, and you still figure out you can't do it. Well, I'm going to call somebody I know that will get me out. So you call James with a big Cummins. Why? I was stuck. I was, literally, we were stuck back here in the mud a while back, and we had to call James. 
Couldn't get out. We jumped on the bumper. We did everything we knew to do. Had to call James. Bro, come get us out. Just yank it right out of there. I don't care if it hurts the vehicle or not. Just get it out of the mud. But here we are, believers. We're just going to leave you stuck. I ain't going to help you out. We ought to be willing to do as in Jude says, to even reach down and pull them by the hand up out of the fire. I'm tired of seeing people be stuck. I'm tired of seeing believers stuck in being miserable and, and, and rooted in that place of their life. They didn't die for us to be miserable. He didn't die for us to sit still. He didn't die for us to be stuck. In fact, John 10, 10 says he came to give us life and give it more abundantly. And I have determined that I came to a place in my life and I am not going to be stuck anymore. I'm not going to be stuck. It's not going to happen. I determined I'm going to move forward as he moved me forward. How do, we, how do we get stuck? When we begin to fight within ourselves. When we begin to handle things on our own. When we begin to try to figure stuff out. And I have been taken back over and over and over again by the Holy Spirit and it's still, I'm going to be honest with you. And they, they rejected me. What makes them think they ain't going to like you? Well, Lord, I want to be liked. They didn't, they didn't receive me in my own house. What makes you think that you're going to be on a path? I just want to be their friend. They didn't like me. They crucified me. What makes you think that you're any better? Okay, Lord. I'm just going to keep moving. I'm just going to keep going. When you go to Numbers 21, I, what time is it? It don't matter. It's still daylight. When you go to Numbers 21, verses 4 through 9, you find the Canaanites were stuck in a place of misery. Stuck in a place of murmuring and complaining and, and griping. And <laughs> I'm going to go back to the lease. They journeyed from Mount Or and away the Red Sea to compass the land from Edom. The soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. I don't like this way. Can I tell you that the Lord has sent the Comforter here, the Holy Spirit, and He never said the way would be easy. He never said the path would be smooth sailing. He, even, he never even said, if you will lift up the sail in the middle of the ocean, I'm going to send a breeze constantly your way. They were discouraged because of the way. Verse 5 said, And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, or, or, and our soul loathes this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people and bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned and spoken against the Lord and again." And, and against you, pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. This is the, this is the first time intercession was mentioned and, and referred to in the Bible. And then Moses actually prayed for them. Verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, make, the fiery, make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. Moses made a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and it came to pass. And the serpent had bitten any man, and, he, and when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. 
I know that's a lot, and I know that you're wondering, where in the world am I going with this? The people were discouraged again because of the way they were stuck. They were tired of being stuck, but they went and turned the wrong way. Granted, this difficult way is most often caused, the, the, the difficulties are caused by us. Oh, I told you, I, sometimes I ask people for directions just to see if they'll lie to me. But then there's times I don't even know where I'm going, and I'm not going to stop and ask for directions because I'm going to figure it out. And I don't figure it out. <laughs> we ended up going to Oklahoma to get home. No, it, it wasn't. We didn't do this for real. Well, we actually did, but we did it on purpose. They thought they were going to die in the wilderness because there was no bread, there was no water. They hated the manna. They were discouraged. They were discomforted. They didn't like it. And whenever you find yourself, no matter how difficult that place is you find yourself in, you cannot complain. Because when we do, it presents an insult to the Lord. I've taken you to a body of water, whatever it may be, however wide the river may be, swift, long, slow, uh, whatever it is, I've taken you to it and I'll bring you through it. Don't complain. We're all people and we've all complained. Because of the complaining, the Lord sent fiery serpents. They bit the people, and many and much of the people of Israel died. They wanted relief. They repented. They had, we, we have sinned. We don't want this anymore. So the Lord instructs Moses to make a serpent of brass, put it on a pole, and uh, says, If that you had been bitten to look upon or behold the serpent, he lived. The serpent represents sin. The pole represents the cross. Moses didn't say, Look at me. He, he didn't say, Look at the priests or your parents. When they beheld the serpent of brass, they lived. Life only comes from one place. That's the cross. That's the, the finished work of Christ. You were not saved to die in the wilderness. You were not saved to be stuck in the wilderness. But some of us are happy there. Some of us are happy about complaining. And that's just where we like to be. We must ever look to that finished work at Calvary. He came that we may have life and an abundant life at that. And, at, and at the, when, when we pass through those waters, we've got to know they're not going to overtake us. Not going to overflow us. We have to ever look to the cross and live. In Numbers 13, we read when Moses sent out the 12 spies. And you look at verses 17 through 20. And Moses sent them out to spy the land of Canaan. And he said to them, get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land what it is and the people who dwell therein whether they be uh, 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 strong or weak few or many and what the land is that they dwell in whether it be good or bad and what cities uh, they be at that dwell in whether the tents or in strongholds and what the land is whether it be fat or lean whether it be wood therein or not. And be ye of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now was the time of the first ripe grapes. Moses commanded them to go, sent the twelve spies. They went in. We know that ten of them came back and said, uh-uh. It's bad. Well, it's good, but it's bad. I, it's not going to happen. We know that, we know that they, they came back with an evil report. The land does flow with milk and honey. But the people are strong. It ain't going to be easy. 
He never promised it would be easy. It is a good place, and it is, it is fruitful, and, and all but, man, Moses, these people are huge. I don't, this is not going to happen. It's, this is just not going to happen. We saw giants. Moses, it don't look good. This is the body of Christ. For me, a representation of the body of Christ. Ten out of twelve will tell you, it ain't going to happen, brother. But I don't care about the 10 out of 12. I want to know where the 16%, that 2 of 12. I want to know where that 16% is that says, you know what? God said it. That settles it. Let's go for it. I don't care if it looks like it's possible or not. If God led us here, I know he'll, he'll make a way. Faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. This land God had promised. There was little in, in indiscretion given in the directions. Regardless of what you face uh, on the way to your promise, you have got to know if he promised it, it's got to be good. When you pass through, I'll be with you. When you pass through, I'll be with you. Two of twelve. Two of them. I want, I want a church full of twos, a bunch of twos. I, I want those people to be ready to receive what the Lord has. Two of them. The other ten, they're, they're, they're strong, their cities are walled, they're big. Numbers 14, 6, Joshua and Caleb, they rent their clothes. They said, it's good land. They were sick of being stuck with ten people who had no faith, had no hope. They were sick of being stuck with a bunch of mealy-mouthed believers, supposedly. I'm done. I'm done with this. This is what God said. This is where he's taking us to. I'm telling you right now, it will happen. 14 verse 8 says, If the Lord delight in us, then he will. Oh, God, somebody needs to know that he will. He will bring us into this land and give it us. A land which flows with milk and honey. I want to tell you right now, Joshua and Caleb were sick of being stuck. They didn't fear. They didn't care. They wanted to be all in. All in. Some people will never even experience what the Lord desires for them to do. Why? Because they're afraid of the waters, the rivers, and the fire. But I want to tell you right now, don't stop. Don't turn back. Fear not. For the Lord says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You're mine. Terrence, if you could just come play something soft on the piano. Just, that's all I want tonight. I don't know what exactly the Lord has in store I, I'm just speaking for Lakeside Church. But I do know that it's good. I do know that we wouldn't have went through every hell that we have went through if the Lord has, has not going to be doing something and has already been doing something good. But I want to ask you tonight two things. One, why are you afraid? And two, why are you content with being stuck? Brother, I love the Lord. I didn't say you didn't. Brother, I, I experienced him like I didn't say you didn't. But there's a place in your life where you're stuck. 
And are you willing to do whatever it takes to move ahead? When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow. Again, they're going to come close. Some of you may be here tonight, and I'm going to be dead honest. I am one. I are one of them. I'm here. I got the crown of my bald head sticking out. But praise God for His promise. Taking me over. Praise God for His faithfulness. Will you do whatever? Will you allow Him to take whatever? When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. Are you tired? Are you tired of seeing people struggle? Are you tired of seeing fellow brothers and sisters play a game? Maybe, maybe you're in the absolute best place you've ever been in your life. Maybe you are. Come here, Noah. I want to use you for a moment. But you've prayed and you've sought the Lord and you see your brother stuck. Maybe, maybe where's the people that are willing to say, whatever it takes, I want to make sure that I help them. I want, Lord, you to use my hands. If it's to just stand behind and pray for them, if it's just to lift their arms and say, and I'll stand here, I'll be your errand, whatever it takes, I don't want to see you stuck anymore. If you want to call it prophesying, call it what you want. But I've told these two right here, it's time for you to begin to write and sing from your heart. I don't want to see you stuck singing other people's stuff because God's called you. He's placed in you what He desires you to have. Where, where are we? Are we willing? If you want to stay here, that's fine. But it would be kind of weird. I'm, I don't care if it ever, church is ever the norm again. I don't care if I'm on some cross preaching list or not. What I do care is that I know I'm preaching the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation and I see people that are struggling and I see people that are sick of being stuck. I see people that are tired of playing games. I see people that are tired of just doing church. There's a world that needs Jesus. And if we stay stuck in a seat, how are they going to hear? How are they going to see? If I quit, I've wanted to. If I quit, everything I proclaimed and preached is for nothing. I watch Michael Jakes talk about losing a son and a daughter in the same year. 
And he said basically the same thing. If I quit. But there comes a place where you have to make up your mind. I'm done being stuck. You're not. I don't know how you feel the Lord drawing you, but I'm telling you He's moving in your hearts tonight. Will you respond? This is Terrence's place. If there's anybody that says, Lord, I don't want to be stuck anymore. I don't want to fear anymore. I know that the waters are high. And Lord, it's uncomfortable. But I know you've got me. Will you come and receive from Him tonight? Will you let Him speak into your life? Will you walk out of this place refreshed, renewed, restored? Come tonight, if you will.
give myself away I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away will you give yourself to him tonight give myself away so you can use me I can tell you that people are searching for truth will you give it will you live it will you share it you don't have to scream at nobody for them to know that God loves them. I know that sometimes I may seem a little over the top, but I'm sick of the ordinary. I have two desires in life for here to see people saved and to see the saved grow entertainment is not involved in any of those is faithful he's faithful no I'm not going nowhere we ain't going nowhere but you come to those points where you're just tired. But praise God for the grace, that measure of grace to keep on going. I want to end tonight with a couple of announcements and uh, I know that's a little different, but I wanted to remind you more of you Mondays tomorrow at 6.30. Come and be blessed. I couldn't be more proud. Summer and I couldn't be more proud to work alongside of uh, those that minister with us, such as Terrence and Melissa, and pouring into these young people's lives the Word of God. Their desire is to see you guys grow. Bring people with you. They got big plans. And that full of people is one of them. But they don't go to high school anymore. Bring them. Bring them with you. Tomorrow, 6.30. Remind you the Boston butt sale that's going on. We've only sold... 34 and we like to sell at least 134 
Because the more we sell, the less it costs you to go to camp. Every penny, every penny goes to family camp. Everybody can use one or buy one, sell one. Well, I live a long way off. Well, it's okay. They'll stay hot for a long time. But please push this and try to help sell Sign-up sheets are out there. If you want to take one, please take one. Girls Bible studies this Saturday at 6.30. Uh, I guess you are meeting at your house? Yes, your house. That's Melissa's house. And Terrence's house. And uh, we have free meat for you guys. See, you never know what you're coming to get. Uh, it's in the cooler out there. Please take some with you. We get it to give to people. We've given a lot of it. We get it, and uh, we want you to take it with you. If you don't need it and you know somebody does need it, take it and give it to them. It's good meat. Come from the Triangle Meat Market. It's uh, frozen, and uh, huh? we get it every Monday. If you know somebody that does not, cannot afford, if you're watching and you cannot afford or you need help with, with that, just meat. I don't have, We don't have bread or or spaghetti sauce or anything and go, well, we got the meat. Come see us. We'd be more than happy to bless you with it. It's freely given and it's 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 or freely received, so it's freely given back. And and we want you to take it. Please take it. Uh, if you need to uh, give it to somebody, do so. But it's in that cooler out there. I don't want to take that cooler home with any meat in it. Uh, make sure you take some. Summer's gonna be it's like it's like Thanksgiving. Is that when you get the brown bags with the bananas and stuff? Tonight, you're walking out with a pack of meat. Uh, see, you should come on Sunday nights. You never know what we're giving away. Next week, it's a uh, F-250. Israel's giving... No, he's not giving his truck away. I'm just kidding. But we love you guys. Thank you guys for your prayer. Please continue to keep us in prayer. Keep Wayne and Stacy in prayer. Uh, lift one another up in prayer. Invite somebody you haven't seen in a while. Tell them to come back. We miss them. I tell them, huh? What Saturday? Oh yeah, pretty place Saturday. What time, Israel? They y'all leaving? Early-ish. We'll let you know a definite when you're leaving Saturday morning, four thirty or five. Y'all leaving early? But that's the pretty place. That's a real place. That's not a. That is a picture, but it's a real place. It really looks like that. Yeah, that picture's from there. So uh, anyway, we love you guys. Invite people. If you ain't seen them in a while, call them, check on them. We do it, but it means a lot if you do it as well. But uh, we will see you uh, whenever we see you. Be blessed and uh, go take some meat home. <laughs> <laughs>